0: Is a generally accepted fact that a wife will spy upon her husband. Whether it be in the harried sifting through of delicately written correspondence, the desperate sniffing of a linen shirt, or the outright following of a husband to his lover's nest to discover his fidelity or lack thereof, wives will inevitably engage in conjugal espionage. Cordelia Eversley, Duchess of Hunt, had reached that inevitability. But after two days spent in London trotting about cobbled streets, peering through polished glass windows, and attempting to gain entrance to both his home and his club, Cordelia, Cordy to almost anyone who knew her, had finally admitted that there was only one way she was actually going to engage in conversation with her elusive husband. She was bloody well going to accost him on the street. After all, the indignity of being shunted from his front door, also in all technicality, her front door, had been the last straw on the proverbial camel's back. She'd had enough with following him about. It was time for action. Besides, her concern in spying was not to discover amorous adventures. In fact, it was quite the opposite. Her interest lay in how to best address the proposition of an annulment from the husband she had never met. She could hardly remember that day in Rome, a brief trip out of Africa to collect materials and supplies for her parents' archaeological sites, where she had been married by proxy to her husband as a child, something which, thank goodness, had been actually quite illegal. However, she could still hear her father's voice intoning, I have one new husband, Cordy, before the highly unexpected ceremony. And not just any husband, but the son of a duke. A second son at the time, but still quite a coup. Now the second son, in a chance of fate, was the Duke of Hunt. And he was a husband who apparently had no more desire than she to be wagered as a child in a game of chance his desire or lack thereof made evident by his long-standing absence since reaching her majority a few years ago her husband's failure to collect her from luxor or cairo or anywhere in between depending on the time of year and the archaeological season with significant enough reason to take the incredibly long passage, composed of surly animals, riotous boats, unstable Frenchmen determined that Napoleon really should rule all of Europe, and badly sprung carriages, back to England and demand to know if her husband actually was ever going to bother claiming his wife. If not, well, an annulment would be the best for both of them. Their marriage wasn't factually valid if challenged in any case, but she wished to leave nothing to chance. A formal annulment would leave him free to marry someone he truly wished to be married to. And most importantly, she could retrace her steps to France, war-torn or no, and speak with the foremost archaeologists of the day. She'd finally be able to study fortified by the knowledge that her lord and master could not swoop down upon her at any legally justified moment, fulfilling a marriage based on the honourable word of both their fathers. So, without allowing herself to think twice, she set her determined chin and waited for the doors of Parliament to open and expel the lords of the land as they emerged from their most recent vote. As if on the command of her thoughts, the towering doors swung open, and the men in multi-hued coats, some bewigged, poured out to the wide street before Westminster Cathedral. Cordy tightened her fingers about her serviceable parasol, straining to see her duke. She'd brought the parasol, as she always did, for her personal protection, and the consideration that one never knew what a man might do at a surprise as large as, say, a reminder of one's matrimonial state.